You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello, my amazing friends. Welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical backward ass ideals we have right here in the United States. This is episode 120 of American Sex Podcast, and I am Sunny Megatron. In a little bit during the interview, you'll be hearing from Ken Melvoin-Berg. We're both sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and kinky perverts, too. So this week, we are discussing the ethics of interracial porn with adult performer Chris Cock. Chris got into porn in 2011, and he says his favorite thing about the industry is having the ability to be open in many ways, freedom to express and be yourself. Seeing what can be made better with the right mindset and energy, he's recently taken his creativity to the next step with Coopers and Cuties. He's a mini Cooper collector and super fan, by the way. He's also producing quality adult content with Irrelevance Studios. Now, this episode was incredibly eye-opening for me, and I like to think that I'm a bit more familiar with the adult industry than the average person. So when it comes to interracial porn, there's no secret that it is one of the most popular genres. You know, on one hand, if you really think about it, you might say, okay, well, unfortunately, the US is still a pretty racist country, right? And it's human nature to fetishize what we think is taboo. So like it or not, that is the reason that interracial porn is so popular. And of course, capitalism, right? The people who make porn go where the money is. So that's why there's still such a robust interracial category. Human nature plus capitalism equals high demand interracial porn. So hey, not much we can do about it, right? Well, maybe wrong. So Chris gives us a view of the interracial genre from inside the industry. And I think it's going to surprise you like it did me. He tells us about the inequities performers face, you know, what types of scenes qualify as interracial and which ones surprisingly don't, the pay differentials based on racial appearance, the acceptance of discrimination based on race in the community, unequal coverage of performers of color in the media, and a lot more. Chris also created the hashtag irrelevance or to be read IR relevance. It was created not only to call attention to this issue, but actually find some workable solutions. One of these solutions involves performers taking back and redefining the interracial genre, which may in turn end up making it irrelevant. So Chris also during this conversation gives advice for newcomers in the industry and important tips for new performers of color. Really quick, I want to remind you and ask you, have you been watching our Sex Ed live stream series on Wednesday nights? If you haven't, why not? It is free and oh my goodness, it is fun. This past week we did electric play and I literally peed my pants. I think half of the people watching did too. It was hilarious. So this upcoming Wednesday, On the 26th of February, 2020, we're discussing erectile dysfunction. So when we talk about ED, 
the default thinking is that, oh, you know, it only happens to much older people. But the fact of the matter is, if you have a penis, you've likely experienced a time when your dick just wouldn't do what you wanted it to do. So during this discussion, we aim to not only normalize periodic bouts of erectile dysfunction, but also talk about why it happens, plus what you can do when you're faced with those situations. It turns out you've got a lot of options that don't involve popping a little blue pill. And as always, if you stick around to the end of the broadcast, you could have the opportunity to win a luxury sex toy. This week, our prize sponsor is the wonderful Tanga Company, and we've got a Flip Zero valued at $100 for you. Now, this is one of the best toys for penises out there, so I don't want you to miss it catch it live and you can win if you catch it live. But if you don't catch it live, you may not win, but you can still catch the replay. And that is at grab a pen bit.ly B-I-T dot L-Y sunny get vocal spelled S-U-N-N-Y G-E-T-V-O-K-L. I know that's a lot. And as always, that link and all of the links we mentioned in this episode will be in the show notes at americansexpodcast.com for episode 120. Now, before we get to our interview with Chris, I want to take a minute to ask for your help. I'd love for you to sign the petition to urge lawmakers to change stalking and domestic violence laws in the memory of Dr. Amy Harwick. It is at justice, the number four, Amy, spelled A-M-I-E, dot com. So if you haven't heard, During this past week, those in the sex educator community and the therapist community have been mourning the death of Dr. Amy Harwick. She's an L.A. sex therapist and media personality. So long story short, a decade before this, she was in an abusive relationship and she did absolutely every damn thing you're supposed to do in these situations, including taking out a restraining order. So by chance, after many, many years, they just recently bumped into each other again just a few weeks ago, and that reignited his rage against her. And also the restraining order she had against him had just expired a couple of weeks before. He ended up unexpectedly breaking into her apartment late on Valentine's Day, and he killed her. So this is hitting really, really hard in our community for a number of reasons. You know, first, this is much of what Amy dedicated her work to, helping women get out of relationships and situations just like this. And also, she did every single thing right. Everything that we tell people to do in these situations, and this still happened. You know, thirdly, there's so many of us, so many of us, especially women, that have had their own experiences with stalking and domestic violence. You know, it's happened to me. It's happened to, I would say, the majority of the women that I know have a story like this where we say, this could have easily been any of us. So the fact is, you know, why? Why is this happening? Domestic violence and stalking laws are crap, absolutely crap in this country. You know, doing everything, quote, right is very little protection. And although this can happen to anyone, it's women that are disproportionately at risk. Look at the statistics. You know, one in four women will experience severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. One in three will experience rape, physical violence, 
and or stalking by an intimate partner in their lifetime, and three women a day are killed by domestic violence. Please, please help these laws be updated. Go to, again, the address is justice, the number four, Amy, A-M-I-E dot com to lend your support. We also, Ken and I want to give our sincerest condolences to Amy's friends, family, and the community at large. You know, her death was absolutely census. It was tragic. All of us, we just can't wrap our minds around what happened. And it shouldn't have happened to her, nor should anything like this happen to anyone else ever again. So please do what you can to get these laws changed. Again, that address is justice for Amy, A-M-I-E dot com. Thank you. Okay, American fuckers, get ready. We're going to talk the ethics of interracial porn with Chris Cock. I am so excited because I have somebody on the line with us today who I've had the great fortune to work with in uh, like a mainstream movie. He is absolutely incredible, a calming influence. Uh, and by the way, uh, this is Mr. Chris Cock. And Chris, I'm getting anger management, by the way. So like, I will not like take it out on any PAs or anything like that going out in the future. Oh, okay, okay, good, good, good. Wait, wait, a- <laughs> wait, spill the tea. Was there something on set? What did Ken? Did you beat people up? On no, set? I did not beat anybody up. One of the, no, no, the- I want to hear from Chris. What oh, do you do? Okay, what yes, do you do? Let tell, tell, tell on Ken. You know, he he didn't really beat anybody up per se because there's there's a beat down and then beat up but you know i no just kidding i'm just kidding no 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 he's referring to something else it's kind of like a a joke of what was going on on set so no 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 kid was awesome on set He, he was one one of the ones that i enjoyed seeing there when i went there because it well day one day two it was like a tense tense thing on set and oh man i'm I'm generally happy and then like (laughs) it turned me into like i'm gonna knock this guy out which doesn't really happen when i first meet somebody because he took his anger out for whatever reason on everybody else on the set and was cussing and i'm like look i was like you want your performers to be relaxed and not like antsy to give a better performance on camera so like leave that personal shit at home because you know what I mean, but and, and he's not referring to me, by the no, way, no, sweetheart. No, 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 <laughs> Somebody's looking at me like, "What did you do?" <laughs> no, 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 no. It was uh, yeah. So, so anyway, he ended up either quitting or they let him go the next day after. Oh, that was a that was a they let him go thing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. That and was, you know what? And this actually brings up a really great point that I don't think that a lot of folks know about. The average adult performer has so many scenes that it shadows what even number one top-notch, you know, class A stars that are doing MCU movies, like, you have way more experience doing production, lights, uh, editing, directing, acting, you know, like, because porn performers do so many different scenes on a daily basis that any porn performer is going to be more competent in almost any role in a TV or movie than most trained professionals. And a lot of people are like, oh, you're a porn performer. You can't know anything. Well, they're the ones who actually are doing it thousands and thousands and thousands of times. And it's pretty incredible when you take a look at it. You know, like, so Chris, for example, how many scenes do you have this week? Oh my gosh. I have five. 
<laughs> so compare three day span, five in a three day span. So wow. Five in a three day span. And when you compare that to somebody who does maybe 12 movies over the course of their career, that's pretty freaking big. Cause he's been doing this for, I want to say you're going on nine years now. Yeah, I'm going on nine years. This is my, my ninth year. This, uh, June, May or June will be my ninth. Well, congratulations. I think you've almost earned that gold watch. Oh, really? Oh, wait, is it real wait, gold? Wait, wait, no, no, no. It's a golden butt plug? It's porn. It's a gold cock ring, Ken. It's a gold cock oh. ring. A Chris cock ring. Yes. Oh, God, yeah. Oh. Join me into the cock ring. I'll make sure you'll be staying fully erect. <laughs> I like it. Okay, so there is like something that Ken and I have really been dying to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. If anybody looks at your Twitter... They will notice a recurring hashtag. What is that hashtag? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it reads uh, hashtag irrelevance. Yes. Yeah. What all- does this mean? Because I know there's a whole ass story here. But it's here. capital there's I, capital story. R, relevance, correct? Right, right, right. Uh, okay. Let me see if I can sum this up real short because it's also on my license plate because it was meant to be a conversation starter as I tried to figure out what um, name would have a, an impact without being uh, intrusive or offensive and c- seeming like I was coming from a place of like anger. Um, when this topic is brought up within the industry, some people are afraid to talk about it. And then I come at it from both angles with a respectful tone um, about it. So what it is, is When you look at it, it reads irrelevance. I-R-R-E-L-E-V-A-N-C-E or E-N-C-E. Yeah, E-N-C-E. But what it really says is I-R space relevance, like Ken said, which I-R in porn means interracial. And the relevance is speaking the relevance of interracial within porn because it's no longer just black and white as it was in the original setup and foundation when porn began where there were more caucasians um uh and a few blacks working or few people of color because it's not even just uh, quote-unquote black performers it's um everybody that's uh interracial the new generation everybody's mixed race you have um you know Hispanics that are mixed with Japanese, you have blacks that are mixed with white, you have blacks that are mixed with Cubans, you know what I mean? So the the whole melting pot of our generation since porn started and how they had it set up with this formula of what was interracial um, has changed. Even the consumer themselves have changed, you know what I mean? Like so many consumers, porn fans today when they find out what interracial really means in porn and how it goes through the the hierarchy of what is done and how it's paid differently, they're all shocked. And then they get upset um, that it's like that because, you know, a girl that's Dominican, just because she looks black, comes in and is labeled as a black girl, even though she is not, quote unquote, black. Um, so the name Irrelevance is basically speaking upon the interracial relevance within the porn adult industry or the entertainment industry as a whole in this new decade. Mm -hmm. So, okay, real quick, you talked about the hierarchy and like what people are paid and that sort of thing based on race or classifications. Can you get into that a little bit more? Yeah, I can. Okay. Um, So for those that are listening, 
a lot of people, when this topic comes up, like I said, you know, everybody's think somebody's throwing out the race card or somebody's upset or whatever. And speaking in with this, um, I think um, Stephen King just today or yesterday had oh, said yeah. when he was speaking about um, diversity, he had said, I, I'd rather look at the quality over diversity in art. And then a lot of people took what he said out of context. It's the same thing with, you know, affirmative action and all that. You want to give everybody equal opportunity, but you don't want to put somebody that has no idea what is going. You're not just going to say, oh, well, I'm going to pull this person of color and give them a scene when they have no idea. They, they've never performed before. What it is, is um, in porn, there's levels of what a girl will do. And then the most more extreme things she'll get paid for. So uh, say like a girl comes in, she does solo. Uh, she'll get paid X amount, which is probably, you know, the lowest amount a girl will make because she's just doing the scene by herself. Right. Um, then you, you know, you go into the things where it goes solo, girl, girl, she'll get paid a little bit more. Boy, girl, she'll get paid a little bit more. Then it goes, uh, before everything got crazy with all these new categories, then it would go, uh, anal, she would get paid more than it would be double vag, then it would be double anal. And then there would be um, uh, now, you know, if a girl wants to, it, which everybody can do no matter what, is perform with whoever they want to perform with. A girl might be okay with working with a, a transgender person um, or, uh, you know, all these all these extreme genres and things, foot fetish, bondage, rope tying, being, you know, kink, like kink.com type stuff, like really, really rough bondage sex and then at the very top of that which people are told is the last thing you want to do is work with the black guy which is what interracial is in porn is only involved when there is a black male performer or a black female performer working with anybody else meaning um like I said, a Japanese and a white guy working together would not be considered interracial. That's just considered normal porn. So, um, girls will, it's not every girl, um, whether it's for business reasons or they, you know, they're doing it for, you know, cause they enjoy it. There's a thing called an IR rate where some girls ask for more money to have sex or do a scene with a black performer. Wow. Now, originally, uh, you know, the argument would be, oh, because black guys are bigger because black guys are, are bigger, you know, they have bigger dicks or whatever be the case. Um, like I said, the, the format for all porn, the way it's gone has changed differently because I, as a black performer can personally say there are at least 10 white guys that have a bigger dick than me that <laughs> girls don't ask for a bigger rate to have right. sex with them. And I mean, they're considerably bigger than me. You know what I mean? I'm not ashamed about my size. I'm not, not small by any means, but girth-wise, length-wise, like these guys, you know, in retrospect, I wouldn't look like, you know, what what the image of everybody thinks BBC is. Yeah, and like, and st even if you go back to like statistical sex research, Masters yeah. and Johnson and all that, they've already determined there is no racial difference between no, penis there, sizes. That's just so, a stereotype so. that's been perpetuated forever, and there, it's not true. And 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 what it is is, uh, you know, this this 
formula for how things have gone has been in place um, from those that had the money and the power to set this up. And when girls come in, literally girls were like, well, I've already I have sex with black guys in my personal life. Why am I going to charge more to have sex? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's changing a little bit, but some agents and some companies, you know, they 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 go with this. A girl wants more for having sex with a black guy. They'll pay it. And I'm like, and this, this is my argument for that. You know what I mean? Like without going too deep into why, why, why I'm speaking on the solutions on it because it'll be a tried and true continuing. Well, girls shouldn't be charging more for interracial. A dick is a dick, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like, okay. So a girl says, well, it's a bigger dick. I want to get more money. It's like, okay, well, ask for that same money when you work with a white guy with a bigger dick. There are a lot of girls that do that. They have a dick rate. But nobody talks about it. Hmm. So then the the other argument, girls or companies, they'll be like, oh, well, the the company's marketing it as interracial. So if their company's going to make more money on it, then I need to make more money. I'm like, OK, cool. I understand that. Make your money. But then also the male talent. If your boy girl rate is a thousand dollars and then you're asking for a thirteen hundred dollar interracial rate for having sex with a black guy, then shouldn't the black guy get a 30% increase on his rate? Right. Even if his rate's $400, he should get an extra $120. If his rate is $800, he should get an extra $240. If that is your argument that this white girl or Hispanic girl or Japanese girl can ask for more money because she's having sex with a black counterpart, then that should go across the full board. Everybody that's working on that should get an increase percentage equal to what this girl is asking for because they're all having part in this one project that's going to make money or more money for the company if that's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. the interesting thing about that, so you have a star like, let's say, Xander Corvus. Right. Xander's amazing, just absolutely amazing. And I don't want to seem like this is, I'm not calling him out on anything that I don't think is is known, but like he's mixed race. No, no, he, 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 I, I know Xander. Xander's, yeah, I know you Xander's do. Xander's fucking awesome. Like I knew that before he actually said it and posted a picture about, about, about who his dad was this past year. And then, you know what I mean? Like, and that, and that's the funny thing about it is they, they look at your skin and they go, oh, well, no, you're you're too black. Even a guy that that that's light, they'll be like, "Well, his dick is too dark." You know what I mean? Like girls will show up on set and they'll be like, "Oh, you know, he's black." But you know, that, well, the definition of black. Okay, so this person's part black, mixed black. How do you know? You know what I mean? You walk around like me. I'm Native American, but I don't I don't look it. Yeah, I'm I'm Native American Carib- Caribbean. I'm from Barbadian. So you know what I mean? Like. If I was just a hue lighter, you know what I mean, and a different eye color, you would you wouldn't know if I what I was. You know what I mean. Right. I could be racially ambiguous to where I could play a different role, and then what what would somebody say? You know what I mean. Like there was one guy that was dubbed black and IR, and then like he switched up, and he's like, well, I'm Dominican now. He's booked Dominican, and he's not considered black when girls do IR. Wow. But when he first started in the industry, he was the he was in the IR category, and then like um, he could, he wasn't getting booked as much. And then like you know they were like, "Well, I'm Dominican." He was light enough, uh, had enough of an accent that it was like, oh, "Okay, can you speak Dominican? Can you speak Spanish? Okay, cool. You know what? We're gonna market you as as this or, or that." You know what I mean? Like that. Like it happened. Um, 
Carlo Carrera. I think that was it. Like, I've seen that guy, like, before. Yeah. And I'm, like, looking at him, like, no disrespect to them or whatever. I'm, like, okay, yeah. You know, he's black the way he carries himself. Okay, cool. You know, like, when I'm thinking interracial, I'm looking at him, like, okay. Then they're, like, oh, no, he's Dominican. And that's what I'm saying. I'm, like, oh, okay. Then I see a girl who's Dominican. She's just darker. She's as dark as me, but she's Dominican. And so they bill her as a black girl. You know what I mean? I haven't seen her in a little bit because some people get upset with this mislabeling or, you know, there's a light skinned black girl and then she works with a black guy and they go, oh, her first interracial. And she's like, what do you, what do you call my first interracial? What? Oh my God. I'm black. You know what I mean? I'm just light skinned. Like, like, so there's a lot of that going on. And then the other argument with it is, I'm all for everybody making the money. After all, in the, at the end of the day, this is a business. It's okay. If you are a talent, you've been here, you've proven yourself, okay, ask for whatever rate that you deem worthy for you and your talent and your abilities. Right. All for it, 100%. But when a girl comes into the industry and she's on her second month or her third month and she does IR and she's asking for X amount of money for her first IR or they're offering her X amount of money for her first IR, I... I have a problem with that. Yeah. Because there's tons of girls that have been here for a while that never got that opportunity that were just like, okay, well, you're going to do IR. They don't know if this girl can have sex with a big dick. They don't know how well she's going to perform. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But again, I'm not from the original format. I'm not a company person that had this money that's like, oh, well, this is what we're going to do to get this to sell. That's fine. It's a business. I'm learning it and I'm understanding it every, every day that I'm on set, every time I talk to a company owner. But when a black girl comes into the industry, more than likely she's going to white work with a non black performer first, whether he's Hispanic, Japanese, Puerto Rican, Dominican, or white. She doesn't get an interracial rate. She doesn't get an interracial rate. And then even huh. on top of that, she probably is not getting as much as a new girl that comes in the same day boy-girl rate. Right. We get, we get, we get, we get paid considerably less. This is across all entertainment fields and boards, whatever. I don't know why, but even with the, the talk about the Oscar nominations. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And all that stuff in the, in the news right now. Um, somebody said, you know, uh, these, organizations, these clubs, the Oscar nominees and all that, they're full of um, Caucasian uh, voters that don't have any diversity within that to really give a proper vote. And then when it becomes an issue to talk about race and not being recognized or not being diversified enough, all of a sudden, you know, they give give an award, whether, you know, you, you hope that they're really giving it to them because they earned it or are they giving it to pacify the, the topic and then everything goes back to normal the next year or the year later. Kind of like, well, we're going to give you this and hope you be quiet about it and then go on about our stuff. You know, like the Me Too movement was taking all the strides and then it, it was a big thing for a year and it's still there, but it's not, you know, certain things are being looked at the wayside or it's not really getting the attention that it should still be getting going forward. Like people are more cautious, but you're still hearing more and more stories that are coming out. You know right, I mean? right. Uh, even me personally, somebody was trying to book uh, a, a female friend of mine and they're mainstream and, you know, they thought they were single and they were like, had me go with them. And then this person 
you know, was like, oh, here's a here's an acting coach. Here's this. I'm going to try to get you in this. The girl was like, okay, cool. You know, not wanting anything with the guy, but she was, you know, uh, posting on Instagram with her guy friend that she was dating or whatever. And the guy was like, oh, you didn't tell me how to boyfriend, blah, blah. And she was like, wait, what does me having a boyfriend have to do anything if you're trying to help me? you know, introduce me to people. Like I never said I liked you or I wanted to date you. Like you're trying to hold that leverage over my head. She's like, nah. And you know what I mean? Like she's a vocal woman about herself. And I was like, she showed me the text messages. I was like, wow, even a year and a half later, like somebody, you know, wants to use their power to leverage or what they think their influence to get a, a, a girl to like them. And you know what I mean? I was just like, where, where did you ever give? And I saw, you know what I mean? Saw everything. I was like, no, you didn't give them any hints that you were like, there was no flirting from her on her end. No, like batting eyes. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm kind of like, feel like I'm going off topic, but like it comes full circle is what I'm saying. Like throughout entertainment, you feel like something's being done wrong. You speak up about it. And then it looks like something's being done and then nothing's being done. Like the racial issue. Okay. In 2016 or 2017, uh, ABN did a, a article on the black men in porn. And it was like, everyone was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then like, you know, they interviewed a couple and then you see a little bit here. And then like, apparently I was reached out to be interviewed, but like the interview never came through to me. And we, we looked at it. I was like, okay. What is that going to do? And then like that year, I think this will be 2020. So the past three years, all the black performers have gotten together, um, the male performers at some point, And we took a big group photo. You know what I mean? And then we tagged ABN and everything in it. Um, the last one we did, we did it on stage before the show started. The year before that, we did it in front of the ABN statue or... The Avian, like, big, uh, uh, yeah, I think it was the Avian statue they had out there. We, we took a picture in front of it right before the entrance to the red carpet and we tagged them. And then at no point was that picture retweeted or mentioned by Avian or Avian Awards or live from the red carpet, but, Damn. uh, they'll retweet, uh, uh, you know, non-person of color girl drinking at the circle bar or doing something, having fun at AVN, blah, 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 blah. And they'll retweet it. Like if you look at all the magazines of AVN, you go into AVN magazine, this is not a slight to them. This is just a fact. You go through the AVN magazines and there is no representation of people of color when they're at the award show. Like in yeah. the back, they'll be like, whatever. They'll take a bunch of pictures. I know a couple of uh, photographers when we're walking the red carpet, it's live from the red carpet. And then you look at what they're putting, they'll, they'll post their key people of color, they'll tweet, but I've seen them skip people in line. Like if you're doing live from the red carpet, they're, we're all walking the red carpet. If you're going to tag somebody, tag everybody. Right. I'm speaking personally, not because I'm angry, but I'm like, okay, I see a picture. I'm like, where am I on the red carpet? I'm like, okay, well, there's the person that was in front of me. And then there's like, I take pictures with Marika. And then I let Marika take pictures by herself. And then I'm like, okay, where's the picture, uh, even the picture of me with her? Right. Like, there's just a picture of her by herself. 
And then, I, and then I see the person behind her and then I see, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, I'm not worried about it. I'm just walking the red carpet because, you know, it's the thing we do. But then I start, you know, seeing it uh, year after year. And then the year I was nominated for Best Male Newcomer, uh, I was nominated with uh, Mo the Monster at that time, Mo Johnson. And he was behind me and I saw how they pick and chose who they wanted to interview. And at that time I was with uh, my ex-wife. Uh, she was white, she was nominated. And I think that's the only reason why I came up and was talked to was because I was with her because behind me was another uh, nominated male in the same category that they shoot all the way down the line to the end of the, the press carpet. That's when they had the, like a bunch of interviews for everybody on the, the red carpet instead of just a, the small press room. Yeah. So, wow. you know, they like they'll have their little like, oh, for recording purpose for Showtime. Like if you watch all the um, the Showtime uh, edits, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, you, yeah, you won't see representation of color within it. So back to full circle. That is why and where irrelevance came from, because there's so much to it. And there's so many people talk about it, but they're talking about it from anger. They want to see change. I just, uh, I want to see true diversity to the people that deserve it. Like there's a lot of us that, that can act like no one ever looked at me as the ability to act or memorize lines or play play a different character, except in the mainstream movie that I shot that you were there, um, Ken. And then I've done three other ones besides that one. And then, um, you know, where, you see them doing these features all the time. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like I get that if you have a black person and they have sex, you have to label it interracial. But why does the storyline, if there's extras and the main character has a best friend, if there's a black person that can play that role, even though it's non-sex, let everybody, uh, you know, audition for or think outside the box for people to be able to play that role. Yeah. But, you know, all these features that are getting made by Wicked, by uh, New Sensations, all these other stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, interracial is the top selling category. Um, you know what I mean? Most search for is bigger than what they say, but it's being downplayed that it's not. Hmm. You, you know what I mean? Like, right. like, this is not just me. This is everybody saying they're like, no, everybody looks for interracial. You know what I mean? They they like the different skin tones. You know what I mean? It's more complimentary um, to the camera. You know what I mean? Whether, you know, like it's I, 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 I don't know. I didn't watch porn growing up. I really didn't care. I didn't really know much about it. But these are the things that are going on. You know what I mean? Like uh, just like the music, music, hip hop it's across the across the world. It's universally accepted. But the lifestyle and the respect that goes with it to the, t- the talent, that's a whole different topic where it's like, AVN, I can speak on it about it. like this year, they got a more relatable to everybody, uh, performer, um, Diplo as a DJ. Right. Um, because last year they had Cardi B cool. Like I'm, 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 I'm an older guy. I'm like, okay, like all these people are not going to know the words of Cardi B or who, who this person really is. You're just trying to, bring in that element to sell it to the youth, but you're not, you don't care about the culture where that's coming from. Right. You shun, you shun the culture because you don't respect it within the, within the industry where you're, where you're selling it. 
You know what I mean? Like the stereotype, oh, we're going to let you be thugs in every scene. Like that was, that, that's something I can be thug. I'm, you, you know, I'm from the streets. I don't look it because I know I have a different look about me. But why do we have to continue to play the stereotypical roles when we're so much more than that? You know what I mean? Uh, even, even Japanese, you know, they're always like Marika. She's always most of the time a masseuse or something like this or whatever, but she's a phenomenal actor. She was an actress before she did, did porn. You know, um, you give her a script, she'll study it. You know what I mean? She'll memorize everybody's lines so she can understand it. Better. In two languages, no less. Yeah, you know. What and I mean? for listeners listening along, Marika is Japanese. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Marika is Japanese. Uh, <laughs> Japanese native uh, um, princess. So she is. She's <laughs> but yeah, so I, no, I have a- um, yeah. So you know, all that is where irrelevance came from. You know, there's some project ideas that I have about that that want to bring light to it the right way and not an aggressive "listen to me" in your face way. You know what I mean? Like. It's uh, subtle, but it's to the point, kind of like the name, you know what I mean? It's meant to create a topic and discussion going forward into it, you know what I mean? Like the movie that you were on with me, Ken, um, uh, I think the name, I think it was settled on Jessica. Uh, that was the original name. I think it was changed to Bella Cherry. Yeah, maybe? Bella Cherry. When that comes out, you know, I still talk with them. You know, for uh, Ninja Thyberg, who's the director and writer of that movie, like when I met her years ago... I I was, you know, still green thumbed in the industry, but, you know, I didn't know she was like researching and paying attention. And when she said she had this character she thought I could be, I didn't really understand it then. That was probably like two years before we shot it. Um, and, and, or maybe three, it was, it was a while before, because then I heard back from her. Um, she's like, Oh, I think this character I want you to play. And I like did the line reading. She's like, Oh, I'll get back to you. And then I like, get the call later. Hey, we're coming back. I want you to read again. And then it was funny. Here's a Swedish director that did research on the industry that nailed every topic in the industry within the movie from her own writing standpoint, including the topic of interracial. And that opened my eyes up even more that this Swedish female director saw and made that one of the key points in her movie to be discussed about and talked about between Mm. the two characters where it's not the typical porn story. It's not a porn. It's whatever. It's explaining the journey that someone will go through coming into porn, how it is. It was basically like if somebody did a documentary, a real documentary on it, I felt everything that was in it was true to what goes on, the ups and downs, the understanding. And then the once you have the realization what interracial really is, some girls are like, oh, my God, I can't stand this. I, if I knew at the beginning, I would never have been charging more if this is, you know, as you get more comfortable. Because when you come in, you just know what you're told. Right, uh, right. Unless you have the foresight to do something different. Me, I got in when I was 30 one 32 going on 32 so i wasn't impressionable to believe what i was being told or what i saw that i had to be a certain way or and at the same time the money wasn't the motive so i didn't take any job just because they were throwing money at me it was more like hey well this is going to be an experience i didn't really know or why or accept being informed until maybe like halfway in because you, you have to find yourself again 
because it's a whole different persona that you take on, but you don't have to change who you are. And a lot of people, they come on and they take the persona of the porn name and they never turn it off. And that's where it becomes stressful for them mentally and uh, emotionally to maintain that balance because I had to learn. I'm, I'm just going to be me. That's why I'm always happy. That's where I'm just me. What you get on set is what you're going to get offset. There's no, no difference because I brought who I am into my character because that way it's more relatable and it's more believable. Um, on camera. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean, like when they tell me to be mean and be tough and the girls look at me, they automatically laugh because they're like, you know, Chris saying bitch. It's funny. It's funny. Like, can you imagine? Hey, yo, bitch, get over here and suck this dick. Like, I can say it convincing. Like, they'll be like, you're convincing as hell when you do it because I know how to play the part. But when they yell cut or they stop for a second, they bust up laughing. They go, man, like, that came out your mouth. I believe it. But that came out your mouth and I can't believe it. You know what I mean? so- <laughs> to, to be honest, Chris, you're the biggest sweetheart I know in the industry. Yeah. And that's, it's not that you're not able to be tough. That's not it. But you're no. just very, you're one of the nicest humans I've actually ever met. No, thank you. Thank you. You guys, you, you guys are too. Like I, I've, I've been waiting to do this with you guys for a long time. And I was like, I have to make it happen. I have to make it yeah. happen. Man. I'm glad. You know what I mean? Like, um, from when we ran into each other last year at the convention and you're like, Oh, I see you. You're like, I see your license plate. I was like, Oh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I met your car before I met you. <laughs> yeah. So no, no, the energy is great. You know what I mean? Like we're going on time flies. I can't believe it's yeah. only been a year, but you know what I mean? Like you keep in touch. Like people say, when you leave this industry, uh, who are you really going to talk to? I go, well, I'm going to talk to the people that I actually were talking to within the industry because I'm, I'm not a fake person. I know how to be civil because we're all co-workers no matter what. Even if the girl is never doing boy girl, even if she never does IR, uh-huh. it's, we work at one huge company. We're all co-workers and we all need each other to keep going. Yeah. The, the accounting, if the accounting department failed, then the business fails. Nobody's getting paid. Nobody's figuring out what, what's going on. If, you know, like, no, none of this can be done without each other. You know, and now, like you said, we're, we're all learning different skills with the editing. Um, I'm paying attention. You know, if you're smart, no matter what job you do, you pay attention to every position because it makes you a better employee for that company or if you start your own company you'll know what's going on if you go in and you're like well this is what i gotta do and i gotta focus on this you'll never be able to really grow yeah you know yeah. what i mean um and being on the mainstream set and paying attention i was like i have you know i love porn uh it, it's fun it's okay it's not because of sex but because of the creativity and going on but i had more fun on the mainstream set to where it, it it kicked the bug in me, like, this is might be what I want to do more. You know what I mean? Like, I enjoy being here and learning more. And then I got to learn more about uh, the grafters and uh, all the, the different positions and all the, the different, you know what I mean? Like, it, it opened my eyes up to more, which helped me want to take uh, irrelevance, uh, IR relevance to a different level if I did, you know what I mean? Like I had something I wanted to do and I was like, now I realize I can do it even better if I hone these skills this way to where 
I did an extra stint on like the new American Pie. I kind of went just as an as an extra, but I networked and became friends with uh, the AD there, and then the uh, the background guy. And I've been talking with them, and they're like, "Oh, you know what? I can get you on uh, this music video where you can learn more about lighting here or the way things work here. So you know, maybe you can eventually get a union job um, behind the camera." Or, you know, possibly land a role while you're learning that. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's helping broadening my skill set. Right, right. So um, not everybody has that mentality coming into porn. Some people are like, I've been performing for 20 years. And I'm like, do you have any other goals besides performing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, by now, before OnlyFans and all that stuff, did you have any ideas? Did you ever want to learn lighting? Do you know how to pay attention to, you know, the diva lights or anything? Like, cause you get on set and you say, like, if you see a shadow, open up, find the light. That way the director doesn't have a hard time. And I see some people struggle with that. And I'm like, okay, you know, not everybody's made the same way. I'm just a creative soul and I like to take in everything I can. February is almost over. And that means spring cleaning time is right around the corner. You have to clean out the garage, the closets, and definitely that one kitchen cabinet that has 83,827 plastic shopping bags shoved into it. But also, when was the last time you gave the bushes a good trim? And no, I don't really mean actual bushes. I'm talking about your pubes. Well, thank goodness you have our sponsor, Manscaped, in your corner. Well, I guess it's a lot less of a corner and more like an unkempt fuzzy triangle. So let me tell you about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. It has all sorts of goodies to keep your garden tidy, like the Lawnmower 3.0. This is Manscaped's redesigned electric trimmer that has proprietary advanced skin safe technology so it won't nick your nuts. The Perfect Package 3.0 also contains everything you need to take care of that skanky ball stank too, like the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. These products keep balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. The Perfect Package 3.0 is a great gift for yourself or for your stanky honey. And lucky for you, because you're a friend of American Sex Podcast, you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code SUNNY. Happy spring. Now get downstairs and clear those cobwebs. You need a break. A break from your inbox, a break from that never-ending laundry cycle, and a break from exhausting social media. It's time to prioritize a little me time to help you recharge, and Dipsy can help you focus on something more pleasurable than what's left on your to-do list. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions that are designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. The stories are relatable and immersive, so you feel like you're right there. And there's something for everyone, whoever and whatever you're into. They add new content every week, so there's always more to explore. Find stories about a spontaneous hookup with a hot stranger, getting closer with that sexy yoga instructor you can't stop thinking about, or even stories about trying that new toy together or getting tied up. 
The guided sessions can also help you unlock new confidence or heighten intimacy with your partner. This year, try a new way of getting turned on with Dipsy. For listeners of American Sex Podcast, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash sunny. That's S-U-N-N-Y. That's a 30-day absolutely free trial when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash sunny. One more time, because I don't want you to miss it, dipsystories.com slash sunny. Real quick, I want to like go back to irrelevance. So, the, you know, the hashtag and the concept and the idea started to start the conversation, to open up people's eyes to what's going on, not only just in, in the porn industry, but in the bigger picture and other mm-hmm. industries as well. Um, is, is one of the end goals to eliminate the interracial label or the BBC labels in porn? Like, do you think that we can um, actually get there? Or is that even something you want to accomplish? Well, no, um, this is the thing. I, I, I don't think it'll ever go away because that's how they market it. That's how, you know, it's a category kind of like when you, you have all these music genres and you have all these movie genres. And that's why if it's a romantic comedy, they call it a rom-com or a dramedy or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there, right. there's always a blending of, of genres. So you, you have to do, um, do that, like indie pop, hard rock. You know what I mean? There's just, there, it's always going to be there, but I hope to redefine it to what it truly is. If hmm. that makes sense. Because when, when, we as content creators, I hate that word because somebody just joins and they're like, oh, I'm a content creator because I have a camera and a phone. <laughs> Everyone's like, a content no, creator. Like, I mean? like a few years ago, was it Portlandia? Like everyone was a DJ. Now yeah. everyone's a content and creator. No, like, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, I respect it. I've seen it grow, you know, but there, there's a whole skill set that really comes before you get that camera and you start doing it. So, but, um, what I, what I've been telling people is like, look, we control, we can change the algorithms. Once you pay attention that if the white girl that has a sex scene with a Hispanic guy on their own personal content, if everybody that shot true interracial scene labeled it interracial, we would change the algorithm. We would change the search engines to what happens when you type in interracial kind of oh. like uh, so it's completely you know, inclusive so it's completely <gasps> inclusive i'm not trying to take it away i'm just trying to give it its true meaning to what it is in today's society in today's porn world i so, see so, you know there's an interesting side note to this and that when you take a look at the analytics of which state or which city likes which particular type of porn mm-hmm. you see that places like mississippi Alabama, Alabama Salt Lake City. They like, love interracial. Like, and they love interracial it. because it's a bunch of white guys that are going through the motions of dealing with their own racism. Yeah. And they're and eroticizing it. Right. And it's like, you know, as human beings, we fetishize what's taboo. Right. And if you grow up in some white, 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 white town, that's what you're gonna fetish. That's the naughtiest thing. No, yeah, and 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 what, but see, like, and that that's true because um, there there's a few girls that came in and never been with a black guy, and you can see the hesitation in them, you know, like in a way, and uh, 
you know, because there there is this ongoing image, you know what I mean? Like the, you know, like I was worried about it when I went to Japan. I was like, well, what, you know, what, what's going to happen, you know? Um, but over there, it, you just, you just have to be the one that changes the perception by being who you are. You know what I mean? Like someone can look and like, this is one thing people say, like, I can't think of it. I think her name is Jane Lynch. It's not Merrill Lynch, but I, I can't remember. <laughs> but she did the, uh, brown eyed, blue eyed experiment. She's talked about, oh, yeah. Racism. She yeah. talked about racism literally the day after Martin Luther King was uh uh assassinated mm-hmm. uh in her classroom they she recorded it i have no idea what gave her the foresight to do this she recorded it and she asked the kids in the class what's the difference and why and why 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 and the answers that these kids gave would shock you kids they weren't like junior high school kids they weren't high school kids she was teaching like middle school elementary school yeah they were like eight eight yeah. nine ten years old and yeah and the, it, what were that was coming out of their mouth was something that was taught to them you know what i mean like yeah when, when you're when you're a kid you don't know racism you don't wake wake up and right. you're like oh that person's black i shouldn't be friends with them it's taught to you by what you mm-hmm. hear and what goes on you know what yeah. i mean like me and high school i started having that black oppressed mentality but a teacher brought me out of it by um asking me you know there's the rop program where you can get credit for working at a while working while you're in school mm-hmm. and then they gave us a list that was like a two-page list and um you know everyone's like oh i want to work here i want to work here and i'm like oh you know what i you, you got the benefits of working like if it had a discount you would get the discount as an employee, but you didn't, you just didn't get paid. You got school credit, but you could have got discount. I was like, Oh, well, I want to work at the shoe store, you know, and then the teacher saw and he pulled me aside. He's like, why do you want to work at the shoe store? I was like, Oh, you know, so I can get a discount on, on shoes I want to buy. And he was like, why would you want to get a discount when you can get a job where you can pay full price? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, Oh, why don't you work at, at a bank? Because you know, my math, um, skills were good. My people skills, my talking skills were, were, were great. And I was like, Oh, and I literally told him, no, nah, I don't, I, I don't think I could go there. And he goes, why not? And I go, cause they won't hire me cause I'm black. Those words literally came out of my mouth. Mm. And he was just like, this is a school program. And I go, and you know what I mean? I doubt it. He goes like, look, would you want to work there? And I was like, yeah, I would. And then he was like, all right, I'll put it, I'll put it in your request in there and I'll talk to him about it. And was ever. I went, and this was when I lived in um, Lancaster, Anlo Valley, which in 95, this was before affirmative action was voted into, was a pretty, pretty quiet but racist uh, town. You know, had a lot of um, people from the Jim Crow era that were now in positions of power. Uh, that town, before people started moving up there, it was predominantly white. Um but luckily, my supervisor was from New York and was nice. But, you know, I almost missed an opportunity as my first job working at a bank because I had the wrong mentality. Mm. And that's what I'm saying, where that is instilled into you if you're taught that or you hang around people that feel like that. Because my mom didn't teach me that. She'd always told me, be the best that you can be. But I was inundated with so many people around me that had that other mentality when I was hanging out with them or at school. If you can't find that place that balance you, 
you can be taken down the hole. Like I'm not, I'm not denying that there's oppression there. I'm not denying that somebody can keep me from doing stuff, but I can do what I can as just with anybody that's listening. You can do whatever you can to get yourself out of that without losing who you are truly within yourself. Right. You don't have to assimilate to, to blend in. You can be who you are. And not let them take away your your strength and still be able to grow, if I'm saying that right. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, yeah. So, um, when I, like, like I said, uh, interracial relevance, uh, IR relevance, it took a while for me to find the name that would suit my vision or what I hope to leave behind, even if it's just the one scene that I have that's uh, interracial service. Um, that leaves the, uh, the, the imagery that I have behind. Um, if I choose to leave porn this year, you know what I mean? Like I definitely, before I retired from porn or performing, that, uh, movie will be made properly in the right setting. Like I, I don't want to half-ass it. You know what I mean? Because right, right. when you're being a creative mind, or entity and you're a person of color, you kind of have to work, work twice as hard to be mm-hmm. taken seriously. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and many entertainment aspects, you know, um, uh, hence why, you know, Tyler Perry created his own thing, Eddie Murphy, you know, unless they see right. a genius or they see they can make money off of that. But when you're trying to create it and that just goes for anybody, I'm not making it all about black, um, or person of color that, you know what I mean? Like, if you're not in with the in crowd, you have to work twice as hard, whether you're black, white, Hispanic, whatever. If you're not accepted immediately, you're going to have to work harder to get on that, that, that same footing. You know what right. I mean? Like that's not a race thing. That's just a society thing. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, in, in, in a, in industries where there are majority white people, which are the majority of industries, you're going to be a lot easier getting into that in crowd. If you're the same as the people. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. the, that's the yeah. other thing that people don't understand when people are like, oh, how do you get in, get into porn? And I tell them, I'm like, oh, you're white. You won't have a problem. And they go, what's that mean? I go, when you're black, Hispanic or other, when you come in, you are doing the gangbangs, the blowbangs, the group stuff. You know what I mean? Like, cause that's what they want to shoot. They want to shoot all the black guys because a white guy can come into this industry in the next three months. Within the rest of this year, within the rest of this year, it's like, say, like, um, Timothy McDougal shows up February 15th because he broke up with his girlfriend. February 15th, joins porn. By December 15th, if he's even halfway decent, I guarantee you he's done more individual boy-girls in his 10 months in the industry than I did in my first two years in the industry. Wow. And, then, Damn. and, then, and this is what happens because, and this goes with the thing because he's white. They're not, girls aren't doing IR. So they'll be like, Oh, we're going to put him with it. Put him with it. Oh, we're going to put him with it. Oh, we're going to put him. You know what I mean? Like there's just more work for him because right. he's not uh, interracial. He'll get that opportunity real quick. Because there's more companies for him to shoot. I mean, companies are shooting scenes every day. 
You know what I mean? Every, every day, a company shooting a scene, maybe even three scenes in one day. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not a gripe. These are just the facts. There's ways that it can be changed. It's just we as a, a whole, as a group, as the consumers and as the performers, we have to be ready to change the narrative because, um, complaining doesn't do anything and you can't try to enact change aggressively because you're going to be met back with aggression or hostility. And I'm not, you know what I mean? Like this is not a, a sexual revolution or a civil war or anything like that. This is just a topic of discussion and being heard. And so understood. for, yeah. So for the, for the listeners that are listening right now who are consumers of porn, what is one thing that they can do right now to help this? Is there anything that they can do sitting at their computers, you know, dick in their hand or whatever they're doing <laughs> um, where they can help the porn industry move forward? You know, um, the porn you watch, continue to watch it. You know what I mean? If you have a, 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 a person of color, non-white or white performer that you that you watch, you know what I mean? Hopefully you're paying for your porn. Support them directly. You know what I mean? Because, you know what I mean? Or, you know, mention to a company that you've seen them, you know, like don't bombard the talent, say, oh, you should work. Why aren't you doing IR or you should work with this? You know what I mean? Be, be that support system that shows that, hey, there's a fan here that wants to see this performer. And if companies don't want to shoot them because that person that owns the company is stuck on girl A and doesn't dare see girl C or D, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, support that girl directly and be like, hey, you know what? I like to see you with this. You can order a custom video or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's where the consumers can really help is if the the companies are seeing a profit for it, they'll do it more. You know what I mean? Um, in Japan, there's not much pirating movies going on. But since, you know, Pornhub has opened up worldwide like that, that's why the top 10 categories changed into Asian, Japanese, massage, uh, hentai, interracial, ebony, and anal. Those are the top categories of porn up searching. Huh. And when did that, when did they go worldwide? Uh, Do you know, like, I, I think they've been going worldwide over the past year, but they've been able to get into the areas where, where, you know, in Japan, it wasn't as Dom predominant over there or something like that. Right, because right. Because when I was in Japan, somebody had tweeted that. Um, I think it might have been my friend Ray Little Black. She's in Japan too. Oh, she is so awesome. Yeah, she just won. <laughs> she was one of the top three Pornhub. She just won an award. Like she was nice. like the top four models. Nice uh, on porn porn uh, model hub a model hub. Uh huh. Which is Pornhub, I guess. Right, right. But um. Um, she had posted it and I looked at it and I was like, yo, those analytics. And then I looked up why, you know, I was like, why? And then I Googled it and I was like, you know, why is it different now? Why did it change? And it said, you know, because Pornhub is becoming more globally accessible. Ah. Um, like wherever they were banned in, I forgot what country. And right. they created a different like dot com or dot whatever. You, you know, know I, mean? I noticed that, um, you it's available to like when you upload stuff there and you can translate it now into like 
a bunch of different languages that are in India and all the, and I was like, I didn't think that that was a lot. So that makes sense. I'm like, well, why am I seeing is, all these countries? And what it is, is they said India, I think it was India where it got banned. Right. But what it is, is people are using VPNs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and so- I want to give a shout out to our Indian American sex podcast listeners, because even though we are blocked from uh, podcast players in India, I get the statistics, I get all the analytics. We have so many people from India that listen to us using a VPN because yeah. they can't access our podcast otherwise. And, yeah. and, 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 and that's exactly what I was saying by showing support. They're doing everything they can to continually support. And those are the fans that I appreciate. Even if you've never seen me, even if I never meet you, you're a loyal, true supporter of porn and other industries of the like and of podcasts of the like, because these are topics that some people want to, I guess, quarantine or exile. Right. But it's just as natural as breathing air. You know, sex is sex. You know what I mean? Like we were here, put here to do it, no matter what power, higher power, belief, God, whatever you believe in, like they all basically has the same story. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, that, 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 that's all the fans can do. Just, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep listening. Keep watching. And if you see something change or different, you know, come from it from, with a positive reasoning to be heard. Because like I said, if you come with aggression and force, they're going to, sh- people are going to shut you out and not going to listen. But if you come with a reasonable explanation, a reasonable thought, you have more of a better chance of being heard and being um, welcomed into the, you know, the chat. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, I have a quick question for you here. My, uh, Sonny and I are Polly and uh, my new sweetheart is Avery Jane. Who's a brand new adult star Okay, and she's black. Uh, One of the things that she's having an issue with and and is just getting booked for stuff for uh, like, having the trials and tribulations of being a young black woman in porn, what mm-hmm. advice would you give to her knowing that she's brand new in the industry and like um, looking for a leg up? Uh, you know what I mean? Um, someone she could talk to uh, would maybe be September rain. September rain is a female, uh, black female performer in this industry. Um, Anna Fox has, she gets, she'll, she'll be able to see, um, don't let it get to you. Don't give up know your abilities and know your worth because porn is no different than life that she's obviously grown up in to where, you know what I mean? Um, you know, uh, find your, I don't want to say character, but find your energy and build on that. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're a minority in, in a pool of, Lots of females, they'll say there's no black on black, um, porn, meaning black on black means black male, black female, they ebony on ebony. Um, stay strong with it. Find the companies that do shoot interracial, that shoot black girls. Like, uh, I think it's, is it third degree? They have, um, um, a couple lines. You, you just have to know what, which companies, uh, that shoot black girls. That, that's the other thing. Like somebody, a Hispanic 
girl or whatever wants to come in and they want to shoot for this, I go, you, you're going to have to start with mofos and companies like that because that's where your category, that's where your niche is starting. Um, uh, like she might want to get in contact with like Karen and them over at Dog Park because they have their line, we fuck black girls. Um, and then they have zebra love, like where it's a white girl and a black girl. Like you have to know the companies that will shoot you and then you have to know how they shoot and the style that they shoot and make sure you're a fit for them and then grow from there. Don't go from there, grow from there. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, that, that totally makes sense. You, you and I, and I, mean? I, and I hope it's okay that I recommended you as a potential, uh, like acting partner for her. Oh, Cause I yeah. think that you would be just super, cause like what I want to see for my girlfriend is people that are going to treat her nice more than anything else yeah, and, res- yeah. and respect no, her boundaries. No, yeah. Like, yeah, like me, like, like I said, like if I never work, there's girls I've met, I, I may, may never ever work with them. And then, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, de- cause I want to see everybody succeed. You know what I'm saying? Like I said earlier, it's going to take all of us, um, within it to change it, change it from the bottom. And then we have to be strong and not be deterred, um, by, uh, someone, telling us like oh you're not pretty enough it was like no everybody in porn has their own look yeah it's like there's a fetish for popping balloons there's a fetish for (laughs) watching a girl eat food there's a fetish for a girl just brushing her hair never let somebody tell you that you're not good enough in porn or you're not pretty do not that's the other thing tell tell her or anybody that's thinking about doing it you have to have a strong mind and thick skin not be brash and unavailable and distant but you have to be ready for people to try to put you down yeah you you have to be ready for that i mean i'm a guy and i've had like people try to say stuff to me and i'm like okay that's your opinion you know like i don't care about being the number one the it guy i'm here almost nine years later if i'm getting uh three scenes a month you know what i mean i'm still active i'm you know and i'm still good enough to be being used for being shot you know what i mean like um years later somebody else that has the same vision and i want to give a shout out to them because i appreciate them uh rachel asiani and buzz asiani um, from asiani.com um they're a fantastic group you know what i mean like um when jim was at dog fart karen at dog fart um, Aiden Riley, there's so many directors, like I'm, I'm running off names right now, but, um, you'll find those aligned with your energy that you can grow and become a better performer. If you find within yourself, your comfort zone and don't let anybody take you out of it. Mm. Well, thank you for That's that. That's great advice. Yeah. yeah. So as we're wrapping up, I want you to tell the listeners um, some of the stuff you have coming up that they can look forward to, and then also where they can find you, like your website, your social media handles, oh. all that fun stuff. Okay, yeah, the, the topic went wild. Um, okay, um, concurrent projects that I have going on, I work in tandem with Marika Hase. Um, you can find her at... Uh, Marika underscore 1029 on Twitter. That's M-A-R-I-C-A underscore 1029. Uh, her Instagram is uh, Marika Hase uh, together. 
uh, and her YouTube channel, uh, Marika Hase Official, um, where you'll see Busan, a little stuffed character. Um, I continue to work on projects with that, which inspired me to um, get ready to launch another topic YouTube podcast about Mini Coopers, because I love Mini Coopers, uh, going to be called Coopers and Cuties. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's a whole nother thing. But um, those are some key projects that I have going on because we've been dealing with, you know, um, uh, uh, cancer survivor stuff. Those are some other projects that are coming on, um, coming up with that. But other than that, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Chris Cock underscore. That is the handle you would have to put at. Chris, C-H-R-I-S-C-O-C-K underscore. Um, I think my handle right now reads uh, Chris Knight's Edition Cock um, because that, that's the Mini Cooper name. I started branding for, <laughs> for that next Cooper and, Coopers and Cuties um, segue. Uh, what other projects have coming up? Um, stay tuned for some other directorial things, possibly with Asiani.com. That's A-Z-I-A-N-I.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do a lot of um, scenes with them. If you're into gang bangs and cream pies, check them out. If you're into glory hole, unknown sex holes, check them out there. Glory Wait, did you just say unknown sex holes? Well, you know what a, gl- you know what a glory hole is. It's a, it's yes, a, of course. Yeah. I know what it, but I don't know what the unknown ones are because well, they're well, unknown. Well, I mean, unknown, like, unknown person behind. Oh, okay. I, thought, I knew what you meant. I, was like, I thought it was like a random <laughs> I'm like, do you know who's on the other <laughs> side? Like, no, no, no. See, that that's how creative I am. I'm going to find... <laughs> that new unknown sexual like Quagmire did on uh he was like you gotta look Jiggity. at it from the right angle giggity, giggity. <laughs> but um yeah no there's there's a lot more you know what I mean now that this year's gotten started um the opportunity to do a lot more stuff and knowing where to go is coming out there so um projects to look out for follow uh my twitter my instagram they'll be talking about it more but uh coopers and cuties is my next ongoing project because I currently have two, not because I'm crazy, but I realize some people collect shoes, some people have the thing, but I, I, I'm passionate about cars. And as I'm trying to do other things outside of porn that express myself, I came to realize, you know, I found a car that I really, really cared about, really, really liked, that really intrigued me because I saw the car culture behind it but those of anybody that's has a mini cooper and you're listening follow me on instagram because hopefully in june you'll know and that the mini cooper gp 2020 is coming out and i hope to add that to my car collection which will further expand cooper's uh and cuties into it because i have the jcw knights edition then i'll have the uh third generation GP, which is a limited edition. They're only making 3,000 in the world and only 800 are coming to the United States. Wow. So it's a unique car in itself. Um, uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a whole other thing I've become real passionate about over the past two years. The cars are great to drive around. They're comfortable. They're large inside. They're sturdy. Um, you know what I mean? They're, 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 those that see it, 
you know, it's not like, oh, you have a Ferrari and everybody likes it. It's like somebody compliments the Mini Cooper. It's because they know about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. not getting it to show off. I'm not getting it to like, you know, like project anything of an image. But like in the future, I'll be able to go to like SEMA, which is like the biggest car show in uh, Vegas for aftermarket parts. Go to the dub show if they bring back Hot Import Nights or any other uh, car shows or car meetups. Um, you'll probably see uh, Coopers and Cuties set up and possibly a podcast going on live at the car shows and events um, uh, at Anime Expo. I think I'm, I'm working my way into being able to be there and talk about that because I'm into cosplay with Marika and all that stuff. You know what I mean? I, okay, I think I would be called otaku, which is like another word for like big fan or nerd. So... <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, uh, this is awesome, yeah, and we will we will have all of this, all the Twitter handles and everything in the show notes. And if there's anybody out there from Mini Cooper that's listening to this, I think that I know somebody that might want some sponsorship. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, yeah. if there's a way for you to help somebody out, like, this is a great way to do that. Yeah. Uh, again, I have a 2016 Cooper Four Door S, 2019 JCW Knights Edition, and I have both Mini Cooper stuffed animal dogs, and. Hopefully, if all things go right, I'll be able to follow through with my reservation on the 2020 GP coming out. And Sweet. I mean, maybe you need garage sponsorship and not Mini Cooper sponsorship. Where I live now, I have four parking spaces, so I'm good. Holy oh, nice, cow. Nice. Okay, so Mini Cooper people, hook a, hook a guy up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's so got the parking space you for it. me in Japan. I went to four different Mini Cooper dealers just so I could see if there was something different that I can get from the accessory shop that I couldn't get in the United States. And let me tell you, I came back with a couple of things. So. Nice. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Nice. Very cool. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being on the show today. No, yeah, no, it's been awesome. Really thank good. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All righty. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.